Classic, great song. One of the many great songs in the cult classic, The Warriors, 1979. About how gangs could have controlled New York City. And they virtually did. When they were summoned to a meeting in Cortland Park by Cyrus, a charismatic uh, gang leader. Who had the other gangs throughout the four boroughs eating out of the palm of his hand. And he said, you know, there are 42,000 of us, only 28,000 cops. We could take over this city. And then, bang, there was a gunshot, and Cyrus was assassinated. And all the other gang members were told it was the Warriors, the gang that had come from Coney Island, and they had to get the hell out of there before they were ripped to shreds, stabbed, shot, beaten, and killed. And I never, ever would have thought that a political analogy would have been made about the presidential run in 2024, especially as it equates to the Republican challengers of the former president, Donald Trump. But it came from an interview that Brian Kilmeade was doing with Chris Sununu, governor of New Hampshire, who has little to do. He's not a it's not an active governorship like, let's say, New York is or New Jersey. He's known for his collection of sports paraphernalia. But boy. A kid from New Hampshire made this analogy that was, like, spot on. Listen. Uh, it's like, uh, you ever see The Warriors? You know the movie The Warriors, 1979, Michael Beck? No. No. Oh, come well, on. just give me the cold premise. Classic. You, can't you can't yell at me if I'm not seeing a movie. No, it's a you can't. Look, so, all right, so you're, 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 you're going to get a lot of social media on this one because you haven't seen it. But look. The idea is there's a gang that's trying to get from one end of New York to Coney Island, and, uh, you know, at every single block, there's another gang trying to beat their brains in. And so that's what a primary is kind of like. You're trying to get from one end of this uh, of it to the other, but on every corner, at every turn, somebody's trying to hit you and, and beat your brains in politically. So you have to have resilience, right? you got to be able to kind of tough it out. you got to make some mistakes. You're going to go here. So much is to be played out. That's kind of my point. There's so much to be played out with all these candidates. Who has a glass jaw? Who can throw the punch? Who can do it with some positive uh, affirmations and some positive um, uh, approach to this problem solving we want to see? So to as, to garner to make the team bigger and uh, and get the brand where it needs to be. One of those great moments unexpectedly in talk radio. A governor in New Hampshire makes an analogy that the Republican primary is going to be like the cult classic, the Warriors, and he was so spot on. And it conjured up in my mind some of those classic moments. Remember as the Warriors fought their way on the trains, the subways, finally on the D train going to Coney Island, Stillwell Avenue. And then they were confronted by the real killers of Cyrus. 
and the leader of that group who uh, created the words that to this day reverberate in my mind and so many other minds of those who saw it originally in 1979 who have seen it as the cult classic that it is. taunting the warriors who had made it back to their base in Coney Island. And all along the way, there was this black female DJ with like these coho lips, whose lips were up against the microphone. It could have been like uh, inner city broadcasting WBLS critiquing the movement of the warriors from up in Van Cortland Park, their escape artist, absolute clear death scenario as they made their way going to Coney Island. All right, now, for all you bumpers out there in the big city, all you street people with an ear for the action, I've been asked to relay a request from the Gramercy Ritz. It's a special for the Warriors. That's that real live bunch from Coney. And I do mean the Warriors. Here's a hit with them in mind. Oh, man. That was classic. Because... Without GPS, without cell phones. Remember, this is 1979. The movie came out, Paramount Film, February 8th, 1979. I came out with The Guardian Angels, February 13th, 1979. And many, many thugs and thugettes on the trains thought that we were like cast characters out of the Warriors. Not. But here is another scene where the black DJ, female DJ with the coho lips and the bright red lipstick right up against the microphone, could have been inner city broadcasting WBLS, is tracking the Warriors in their flight to safety to Coney Island. Latest sports news off the street, Robert. The baseball furies dropped the ball, made an error. Our friends are on second base and trying to make it all the way home. But the inside word is that the odds are against them. Stay tuned, boppers. Stay tuned. Stay tuned, boppers. Now, who would have thought that before this presidential run of 2024, that the person who would make an analogy and apply it to the upcoming Republican primary for the presidency Pompeo has dropped out. The Virginia governor has said he's not going to run. So let's say we end up with, instead of 17, like in 2016, when Trump triumphed against that field, let's say we end up with seven or eight, and it boils down to uh, Trump versus DeSantis. They already have on competing ads bashing one another. But it didn't matter because Sununu again reminded Brian Kilmeade you got to see this cult classic. I urge all of you, you got to see The Warriors, one of the greatest low-budget movies made of all time. I'll be back. you got to go watch The Warriors, though. 1979 cult classic. You'll, you'll be a better man for it. Trust I'm going to go. I'm going on YouTube right now on the break. <laughs> you got it. All right, brother. And I texted Brian Kilmeade. I said, Brian, you really got to see this movie. I mean, it. 
1979 period piece for any of you who hadn't been birthed yet, if you're hipsters or millennials or Generation X, Y, and Z, you want to know what New York City was like when I started The Guardian Angels in 1979. No other movie depicts it. The graffiti trains, no cops in the subways, lawlessness, anarchy, the gangs ruled. They ruled the cities. They didn't just rule the subways. They ruled the parks. They ruled the neighborhoods. The city was out of control, and that's where we're moving in the direction of now. And today, Congressman Jordan is in the midst of his congressional hearings in downtown Manhattan, not far from the Manhattan Court building of Alvin Bragg, where he indicted the former president, Donald Trump, on 34 criminal charges. And it sort of reminds me how so many of you got bamboozled and fooled by Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan who pretended to be a law and order candidate. How many of you chose him rather than me? Okay. I'm not going to go back and try to redo the election, but how many of you came up to me and you said, you know, uh, you're good on law and order, Curtis, but he's better because he's the former cop. He'll take on the socialists. He'll take on those who are pro-criminal and not pro-cop. And you couldn't have been more hopelessly wrong. Right out of the box, as soon as he was elected mayor, He embraced his very dear friend, Alvin Bragg. Turn him loose, Alvin Bragg, Manhattan DA, at the National Action Headquarters of Al Slim Shady Sharpton, who had mentored both of them. I like Alvin. He was a great prosecutor. Uh, I believe that he's going to be a good district attorney, and I'm going to sit down and have a conversation with him as we build out uh, what we need to do around public safety so that we're all on the same page. He never had that conversation. He never named and shamed Alvin Bragg, even though he eventually did the right thing about Jose Alba when Alvin Bragg had him arrested for defending his life and charged with second-degree murder and put out onto Rikers Island. Yes, the mayor did respond at that time and say, no, no, Jose Alba was right. But he never named and shamed Alvin Bragg, and he never has. In fact, he oftentimes appears with Alvin Bragg publicly at Manhattan press conferences and goes out of his way to praise him. really want to thank our partners here a DA, a Bragg. Really want to thank our partners here. A DA, a Bragg. Really want to thank our partners here. A DA, a Bragg. So this really is what uh, Eric Adams has been doing on a regular basis for the last year and a half is kissing up to Alvin Bragg, chewing his uh, BBDs and pulling his chain and praising him to the umpteenth. As soon as I lost the election... I issued uh, a petition online that you can find where I was calling for the governor of the state of New York, Crime Wave Kathy Holcomb, who has the power to remove Alvin Bragg to do so. We have garnered 22,000 signatures. You can certainly go online and continue to fill that out. But I was the first of many that followed the call for his removal. And the governor, who has the right to do it by law, has chosen to ignore it. And many of you for a long time chose to ignore the fact that Eric Adams was not going to do anything about the crime problems in New York City. Just not. You thought for sure, give him a chance. 
Let him get at least a year under his belt. Well, I remember that first year and every opportunity he had to show up at a crime scene. All he kept repeating over and over was his mantra leading up to the election of Governor Crime Wave Holcomb against the law and order candidate of the Republican Party, Congressman Lee Zeldin. He kept chastising us that it was our perception of crime, our perception of crime. We have a safe subway system. Transit police officers, they have done their job. What we must do is remove the perception of fear. Cases like this aggravates the perception of fear. Uh, when you see homeless individuals with mental health issues not being attended to and given the proper services that add to the perception of fear, and so what our battle is in the subway system is fighting the perception of fear that cases like this could happen. And we're doing that. How many times could he say perception? Who followed and pimped off that ride? It was the whale, Gerald Nadler, who said, what crime? It was Alvin Bragg who said, oh, Jim Jordan wants to come to New York, to Manhattan. Good. He's coming to the safest big city in America. And all Eric Adams did this morning was attack, attack Jim Jordan, who was interviewing those who have been affected by crime as the victims of violent crime. Jose Alba, a number of mothers, black, Hispanic, women of color who lost their sons in Manhattan due to violent crime committed against them. And then Alvin Bragg purposefully lowered the charges against the violators. And it'll be a Jewish guy who was a victim of anti-Semitism in which he cut loose those responsible for it. It's endless. And that's why you got to join me if you can tomorrow night, Tuesday, in Astoria, where we've established a Ronald Reagan Republican club. We're taking on the socialists, AOC, all our crazy Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and her mini-me's who want to defund the police, remove the police, defund the prisons, remove the prisons, and turn the criminals loose. It's a war. It's a war for our country. It's a war, a battle at the ballot box for public safety and support of the police. Come on out and support us at the Ronald Reagan Republican Club, right in the heart of their motherland where they have created an atmosphere of anti-police tactics just go to reagan-revolution.com reagan-revolution.com hope to see you there as we wage war against those who want to destroy our country Talking about- this is the rip and read featuring curtis lewa now to the bernard mcgurk studios of 77 wabc and curtis lewa i have one thing to say you better work. Three snaps up. RuPaul. You think related to Ron Paul, who ran for president as an independent candidate and in the Republican uh, nomination process. You think she's related to uh, Rand Paul, the libertarian, who doesn't drink uh, bourbon like <gasps> McConnell who's now in recovery and rehab, but actually probably smoked some splits. The number one cash crop in Kentucky now is weed. You think there's a relationship? Well, let's face it, the number one and most famous of all drag queens in the world is RuPaul. But coming up quickly in that regard is Dylan Mulvaney. 
Dylan Mulvaney was a nobody. And all of a sudden became an influencer. And as I've explained here at WABC, the way you become an influencer is to have tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of followers. Which, if you're astute, Lou, all you got to do is go on Spotify and buy them by the thousand. They're bots. They're fake followers. And many of these influencers, that's all they have are fake followers. You have talk show hosts who have fake followers. You have talk show hostesses who have fake followers. This business of ours is filled with them, as is the world. So the more you get, the more you're desired by Fortune 500 companies. They, they, you don't have to schnore anything. They come after you thinking that you somehow have an influence over those who claim that they followed you, even though the mass majority of them are bots. Just go on Spotify. You can see what I'm talking about. <laughs> People my age, right, who are baby boomers, they have no idea. And most baby boomers are the leaders of the Fortune 500 companies, so they get bamboozled all the time. It's a form of technology. So imagine. You're this Dylan Mulvaney that really nobody knew. But you had a lot of so-called followers on Instagram. And Budweiser Light decides, hey, our average uh, drinker of beer is 55 plus. Like the listeners of Talk Radio. Well, at this rate, nobody's going to be buying our beer, Bud Light. So you know what? We got to reach out to these young huckleberries, no matter who they are. Uh, Hey, follow. Follow those who have a lot of followers. And let's send them some uh, free cases a Bud Light beer with their pictures attached to it because, naturally, what do you do? It's like a quid pro quo. Bud Light does that, and then you go online, your Instagram account, and you praise Bud Light, and you drink it. It's it's being done all the time. And this is exactly what happened with Dylan Mulvaney. Hi. Impressive carrying skills, right? I got some Bud Lights for us. So I kept hearing about this thing called March Madness, And I thought we were all just having a hectic month, but it turns out it has something to do with sports. And I'm not sure exactly which sport, but either way, it's a cause to celebrate. This month, I celebrated my day 365 of womanhood, and Bud Light sent me possibly the best gift ever, a can with my face on it. Check out my Instagram story to see how you can enjoy March Madness with Bud Light and maybe win some money, too. This goes on all the time. Just so happens Dylan Mulvaney is still a man because she got a three-piece set, although she's more and more trying to transform to a female. So then Kid Rock, you know, from the heartland of America, Michigan, who has flat for Coors. Nobody has mentioned that. Remember how he was the Coors spokesperson, especially during NFL games? Man, he was making millions of dollars promoting Coors. Coors has promoted his concert tours, decides to take out an AK-47 and shoot up cases of Bud Light in response. <laughs> Grandpa's feeling a little frisky today. Let me uh, say something to all of you and be as clear and concise as possible. Bud Light, Anheuser-Busch. Have a terrific day. And then the parody started flying fast and furiously about Bud Light. Bud Light presents Real Men of Genius. 
Today we salute you, Mr. Push-Up Bra Inventor. Mr. Push-Up Bra Inventor. Never before has one man done so much with so little. Lifting on higher. From mosquito bites, pimples, and pancakes to melons, mountains, and major league yabos. An engineering feat so brilliant it can only be described as va 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 boom. Thanks to you, even a 90-year-old grandmother can go from A to double D in a single bound. What's your number, So crack open an ice-cold Bud Light, oh hoister of the Hooter, because when it comes to the bust, you're the best. Bud Light Beer, Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri. <laughs> Great parody, but then somebody actually decided to start a new beer company that was 100% American, 100% not woke. America's been drinking beer from a company that doesn't even know which restroom to use. That's why I created Conservative Dad's ultra-right, 100% woke-free beer. As conservatives, we're constantly getting hit in the face, left and right, by the woke mind virus. But the last place we want it is in our beer. If you know which bathroom to use, you know what beer you should be drinking. Stop giving money to woke corporations that hate our values. And to the rest of you woke corporations, say that away from our kids. All right, so competition, that's what capitalism is about. But then Bo Snurdly weighed in, and he took the same point of view that I did. And I just, I don't care about this Budweiser stuff. I don't care what beer you drink. Beer, whatever, drink whatever beer you want to drink. You don't want to drink Bud? Don't drink Bud. You want to drink it? Drink it. Who cares? And everything was copacetic until all of a sudden the transgender Dylan Mulvaney weighed in and Bo lost it. But first, Dylan Mulvaney about her crotch. I was walking around and everyone was staring and I was like, oh, okay, what's going on? And they were all staring directly at my crotch. And I went, oh, I forgot that my crotch doesn't look like other women's crotches sometimes because mine doesn't look like a little Barbie pocket. Peekaboo, I see you, Jack in the Box, and all of a sudden, Bo Snardley lost it after that. It is indefensible to think that a man could be a woman. It just goes against everything that we are taught. Now, I understand, and I have a great deal of empathy, and I, I say this every time I have to deal with this topic. I have empathy for people that suffer from dysphoria. I'm not denying that dysphoria is real. I'm not denying that there are people who don't like living in the body that they're in. And, you know, most of our hosts uh, and hostesses here, their format each day is Trump is God and Bush sucks. The one guy who focuses on transgender issues is definitely Bo Snurley fortified. But as a result of Bo suddenly becoming engaged over Dylan Mulvaney talking about his she hit they crotch. Then some holy roller, Florida State Rep, decided Webster Barnaby to weigh in on the floor of the state legislature in Tallahassee, Florida. I'm, I'm looking at society today, and it's like I'm watching an X-Men movie uh, with people that, when you watch the X-Men movies or Marvel comics, it's like we have mutants 
living among us on planet Earth. And, you know, some people don't like that, but that's a fact. We have people that live among us today on planet Earth that are happy to display themselves as if they were mutants from another planet. This is the planet Earth where God created men, male, and women, female. I'm a proud Christian conservative Republican. I'm not on the fence. Not on the fence. Be careful when you go over the fence if you still have a crotch. <laughs> anyway, this is all over beer. People are going nuts. But what did he succeed in doing? He woke up the TikTok woman that hadn't been heard of from in months. I pray you never get another restless night's sleep in your life thinking about what you did to women. This is not over. Not by a long shot. How dare you? Karma does not forget. And she may take some time to come back around, but she will get to you. Not on my watch. Not on my. But you know something? What this proves to me is this is beer. This is beer. Let's go back in time. Come on. Remember when beer commercials were not controversial? Remember you met fans as much as I hate you? What were the Mets synonymous with in 1962 when they started playing at the Polo Grounds with Casey Stingle as the manager? I mean, let's think about it. Uh, whether you were a drag queen, whether you happen to be gay or lesbian, whether you were heterosexual, whether you were a holy roller or an atheist, you were a Met fan, right? You drank Rheingold. And then the alternative, though, to try to lure more and more Latinos and Latinas into the American beer market was Chafer, Chafer Beer, which was also featured with the New York Mets. Non-controversial, although you couldn't say when you're having more than one as a guy, right? Now it'd be a little too much. And then, of course, for the Yankees, the team of the white-collar, not the blue-collar working class, folks who lived in Westchester in Connecticut. It was the booming voice. You remember. Remember when we used to call a long home run a Valentine blast and when the most famous sign in town was our three rings? But we give you more than memories, like cold brewing, an extra step Valentine takes so every glass full tastes great, ice crackling cold. Cold brewed Valentine. We've got a lot of greatness going for us. Oh, so good. Beers were associated with the teams that they sponsored as a fan if you were a Met fan, you wouldn't be seen drinking Valentine. If you were a Yankee fan, you wouldn't have Chafer in one hand, Rangel in the next. 
wasn't controversial. How the hell did beer, other than the fact you get drunk, become so controversial? Spectacular. Now, here's the Sid Wrap-Up. Oi! It's the Wow, it's been two weeks, Lou. And to his credit, Sid Rosenberg has not let up on his rejecting the guy he declares to be his very dear friend, Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, mayor of New York City. Ever since he's gotten back from London and he saw the stark difference between London and New York City. And it seems that the chasm, the division, is growing greater by the day. I was on with Sid Rosenberg this morning, as I am every Monday at 7.05, Wednesday at 7.05, and Friday at 7.05. And I couldn't have... I mean, this was like pornography to me, triple X rated. I mean, it was like orgasmastic to hear that Sid Rosenberg dropped a hammer on Eric Adams. He has suspended him from his program. So I'm announcing this morning that the mayor is suspended. So that's it. Oh, this is bigger than I thought. Yeah, I mean, I just can't do it. I hope uh, Frank and Anthony aren't upset with me. And some of my friends I've made along the way that I've met through the mayor, because I've met some really cool people, people I really like, but he's suspended. That's it. I mean, uh, compare yourself to Biden favorably. Y- you can't do that. Tell me on the show Alvin Bragg is doing a good job. You got a congressman from Ohio Coming to New York, speaking to New Yorkers, New Yorkers whose lives have been changed in dramatic fashion. Jennifer Harrison, boyfriend murdered. That should come first, Eric. You're the mayor of New York City, not whether or not the crime is up in Ohio. Have some heart. You should have sympathy for people like Jennifer Harrison, for Jose Alba. Jose Alba, what a horrendous job the city and state did with him. He doesn't even live here anymore. That's where your heart should be, Eric, not whether or not Jim Jordan has crime in Ohio. Not making this about Donald Trump. So you've disappointed me again. And even though I like you and I root for you, and if you need me, I'm here. I am announcing right now Mayor Eric Adams is suspended from sitting friends in the morning. Until further notice. Yeah, yeah. Now he's got a he's got a hold to it, and I thought after I came on because I piled on as I always do on Eric Adams. I called him what he is, swagger man with no plan. It's not my mayor; he's the mayor of the illegal aliens. And the lead story today about illegal aliens is half of them that he's let come here and encouraged to come here have not been vaccinated against polio. They don't have the polio vaccine, and Eric Adams doesn't care. But then again, I thought maybe, just maybe, Sid Rosenberg would waver because I saw as I sat here in the studio with him at 7.05, his phone was blowing up. He had said that in the 6 o'clock hour. And I could tell that the Frank Carones of the world and his brother Anthony, the crook of all crooks, were calling him up, trying to sweeten him up, trying to convince him, oh, no, let bygones be bygones. Sid stood, stood to... 
stood to his guns. I've had enough. It's been three horrible weeks for Adams. And you guys are going to say, three horrible weeks? How about 15 horrible months? Maybe, maybe, but I was willing to give the mayor the benefit of the doubt. I've had one-on-one conversations, lunches, dinners. I still feel like his heart is in the right place. But he's been so contaminated by the Democrat Party. And he's not being honest. He has real designs on being president. He really does. And the only way he can get there, he thinks, is to suck up to the Democrats. What he doesn't get is, the only way he can get there is, if he fixes this city. And he ain't doing it. And defending people like Alvin Bragg, who couldn't give a rat's ass about this city, who doesn't care who dies in the city, he just wants to put Donald Trump in prison. He's a big racist jerk, or that other racist, Letitia James. That ain't the way to get it done. You're not getting to Pennsylvania Avenue by doing that. So when Jim Jordan comes to town, regardless of the crime rate in Ohio, who cares? When Jim Jordan comes to town, Eric, and has real-life New Yorkers who have been through horrors. Jennifer Harrison, boyfriend murdered. She was on this show less than an hour ago. Jose Alba, whole life taken away as an innocent bodega owner. You heard from Madeline on this show. She hopped on the phone. Her son murdered. These are real New Yorkers who suffered tragedy. And you're going to call it a Donald Trump donation stunt? Come on, man. You really pissed me off today. Really pissed me off. Yeah. Now he's got to stick to his guns. And I know right now Sid's phone is blowing up from every sycophantody and lackey of Eric Adams saying, oh, Sid, now that you can come to the show opening, no, Sid, you can be the host of this event with the mayor. No, Sid, you can do this, you can do that. And you know how easily Sid can get stroked. Question is, will he hold the line?